When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. We're talking real money. Well, look at that. Another day. We've made it. We made it yet another day, Tom. Congratulations on making it all the way to Saturday. And there goes my mic. Look at it. It's gradually, the arm is sinking into the sunset. A little like your career, actually. Yeah. <laughs> Tailing off. Straight oh, down. Oh, but... <laughs> you, don't you get me started. Oh, How's don't that? you get me started. Anybody who listens to yesterday, who listened to yesterday's podcast, ah. no, I, no, I've, they know I have ammunition now. You <laughs> I can't wait to go back. You and did hear not myself. listen to no. yesterday's podcast. So you do not realize not. the ammo that I was given by a listener. Who will remain is this nameless? someone fifth grade, sixth grade? Which no, this is it. This is an adult. This is an adult. Okay. It sounded like somebody with incredibly impeccable taste. Uh oh. Yeah. Then they so, have only nice things to say let, about me. If let me give you. A, let me give you a phone number before uh, it gets bad. Uh, if you want to talk about money with us, well, this is talking real money. Though it's so it's very appropriate. So. It's really the right place to do it. Give us a call, 855-935-TALK, 855-935-8255. I'm Don McDonald, Tom Cox over there. And Tom, 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 Tom. Yes. think you're funny, don't you? I think you're funny. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The guy yesterday, you know what he said? He what did he say? And you're killing me. Tell Tom. So I'm Shut telling up. you, tell Tom Yeah. to stop trying to be funny. <laughs> I get. I don't need that from him. I can get that from my fourteen-year-old daughter. She says that all the time. Dad, quit trying. Don't to be try funny. and be funny, Dad. You'll be funny. Okay, that's probably true. By the way, yeah. and right, I, fair I, enough. I, I wasn't going to tell you, but then you straight were faces on. You were insulting right from the get-go. So I decided <laughs> I had to let on. loose. Hi, everybody. Right, Welcome. Enough. We're going to talk about um, a lot about investing because that's really the big issue with most people. Most people invest badly. They don't do it enough. They don't do it soon enough. They're not patient enough. They don't have discipline. Oh, we do some dumb, 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 dumb things. And the the reason is because it's hard to do the things that we know work. The things that we know empirically that work. Give you an example. We had the Great Depression back in the 20s. Guy by the name of John Maynard Keynes from England, an economist, came over to the United States and started buying stocks after the crash of 29 like crazy. Why did he do that? Because he knows, he knew, he's dead now, he knew that uh, you have to buy low. And that was about as low as stocks had gone. And the same thing happened not so long ago, well, long, but World War, beginning of World War II, when John Templeton, the guy who founded the Templeton Funds, went out and started buying a lot of downtrodden stocks, right? At the beginning of the worst war in the world's history. 
And this is one of the reasons that our friend Jason Zweig wrote that investors have the great investors have to possess seven cardinal virtues. Curi- seven virtues. cardinal virtues. Easy for you <laughs> to say. Yeah. Uh, curiosity, skept. I'm trying to be funny without being funny. Curiosity, skept- <laughs> skepticism. I know. Uh, discipline. Yeah. Independence, yeah. humility, patience, yeah. and above all, courage. I, I'm going to add another Courage. word, actually, Courage. because I think it, I think it really does. There was a study done a while back that looked at uh, West Point graduates and the people that did really well after going to West Point and the people that did not do as well. And the difference, because they're all good people. I mean, they're quality people, mm-hmm. right, just to get there. Grit. I'm going to add grit because investing in stocks is like owning companies. True And grit. there will be time. Oh, God. And there will be times <laughs> when <laughs> there will be times when when it just – looks bad yeah. with companies or the world that business or the economic all those things wait do you mean kind of like now well i mean yeah i mean the s&p what lost 2.9 this week the nasdaq lost another three and a half fourth fourth losing week in five weeks you, you hear all the i don't need to run through all that because you hear that every day on fill in the name network but you got to not only have the courage to act but in the words of jason zweig i think this is even more important the courage to resist, resist what you're hearing, resist the 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 intuition that you're feeling like I gotta do something it, now because it's emotion. It's, gotta, it's not intuition. It is, it is emotion. Okay, yeah, that's true. It's right there on the. But so you got to know that, and that courage, that grit, uh, oftentimes requires you to do the opposite of what you just talked about, Don. How you're feeling. Mm-hmm. Really does because, in the words of John Bogan, don't do anything. Just stand up and do. Just nothing. sit there. I mean, yeah, just sit there. It's hard. Don't just do something. Sit there. It's which is a yeah. don't just sit there. Do something. It's a play on that little phrase. It, it, when it comes to money, don't do anything. Or if you're going to do something, then do the thing that is is really truly the hardest to do, and that's to put money in when everything looks horrible like it couldn't get any like it could get much worse and to start taking money out when it seems like it couldn't be any better 855-935-TALK is your portfolio a mess you may have a case of hodgepodgeitis but don't worry we can help just set up a free no obligation meeting with a vestory advisor at vestory.com no sales pitch guaranteed that's v-e-s-t-o-r-y.com your guides to a really great financial future. Tom and Don are talking real money. Hello again. Welcome back to Talking Real Money. I'm Don. That's Tom. 855-935-TALK is our phone number. Before we move on, I'd like to share a little story with all of you. A little story. A little story of a man named Harry. This gentleman, we're going to go back about 25 years ago, almost a quarter of a century When Harry considered himself to be one of the world's finest financial prognosticators, a prophet of money, and Harry wrote a book that was a bestseller, published in 1998, this was on the New York Times bestseller list, sold tens of thousands of copies. The book was called The Roaring 2000s, in which Harry predicted that the stock market in the United States in the 2000s would soar, would soar, and he doubled down in 
2000 and let me make sure I have my year right. That was six. <clears throat> 2006. He doubled down with another book about the great boom that was coming, saying that uh, there would the stock market, 2006, he said the U.S. stock market would more than double in the next few years. And now, and oh, wait now, what did it? Wait, wait, what did it do? I, I've got more <laughs> to this story. Uh, th that those ten years, it yeah. was actually the S and P five hundred is actually underwater now. Globally diversified portfolio still made you some money, but right? But he was talking about no the U S. market, and the U S. Yep. market uh, went went the opposite direction from a big big boom. It wasn't the roaring two yep. thousands. We ended up calling it the lost decade. That's true, we did because the S and P five hundred was down over the entire ten years. So the market fell. And it fell until 2009, when it began to recover. Harry decided it was time for a new book. Since he was wrong for the last 10 years, he turned 180 degrees and wrote the book called The Great Depression Ahead in 2009. What happened after 2009, Tom? <laughs> well, the economy recovered, the stock market recovered, all those things kind of went... Straight back up again. Well, that didn't work, so he changed the book and rewrote it to the great crash ahead in 2011. Market kept going up. Then in 2015, he wrote, what to do when the bubble pops? The market kept rising. Then he believed the bubble would burst somewhere around 2019. No, didn't happen again. Not to be, I mean, you would think by this point, Harry would be thinking to himself, I'm not very good at this. I keep getting this wrong. But no, Harry's books sell like hotcakes, even though he's wrong. And now Harry has a new prediction. Watch out. And Harry, I, he, he sounds like a man without a country at this point, which <laughs> he is a little bit because he's in Puerto a, Rico. But that's a, a whole man other without thing. a clue. Yeah. It's, okay. Now he's saying... <sighs> I hate to even mention this because some people are going to be scared. Pay no attention. And Remember, he, Harry he is, is Harry is absolutely whatever Harry says. The opposite take happens. The opposite, yeah. Uh, he says it's going to be an unprecedented, unprecedented market crash that will send stocks plummeting. I'm going to get it right today. Plummeting as much as not ten, not twenty, not thirty, not forty, not fifty, ninety percent. And he says. <laughs> Financial advisors, I'm adding this part in, that already have slide rules and crystal balls need to add one other thing to their repertoire, and that is bodyguards. Because the financial advisors, he says, are going to need bodyguards to keep their clients from shooting them. No, actually, what most of the clients are going to be doing is trying to steal food from their neighbors. When the market, if the market was to decline 90%, that means the value of the global economy is about where it was in the 19th century. I was going to say, it's a long time ago. We're going to be living a very agrarian lifestyle, uh, barely surviving. You won't have a job. If 90% of the value of the global economy vanishes, None of you're not going to worry about your stock. You're not going to even be thinking about your stocks. You're going to be going, where's my next meal coming from? I'm filing for Social Security. He says by the end of March, by the way, which I think is just a couple of weeks away, the market should be down 30 to 40 percent. So we'll know pretty soon about this prediction. The real fireworks, though, mid-year, 
Biggest crash in a lifetime. Stocks will dive as much as 90%. And guess where he's investing now? Guess where he's putting his money? Gold. Nope, not gold, because he thinks that will Crypto. go down, too. Yep, Bitcoin is probably going to become the new monetary gold standard of the world. And he's got big buying plans for crypto, and I'm even going to say the C word that follows it. Crypto crap? Yeah, exactly. Thank you. Uh, wait a wow. minute. If you 90, did a nice job of going through his whole CV, though, because 90, people forget. If 90% of the global economy vanishes, aren't you going to have a hard time connecting your computer to anything? There won't be an internet. There won't be electric utilities. There won't be a computer manufacturer left in business. I have a friend who has some horses. There won't be diddly. There will be nothing. The world will have essentially ended economically. But why do, and this is a rhetorical question because I know the mm -hmm. answer. Why do people keep buying his stupid books? I can't sell financial physics. I mean, <laughs> I, I've sold like, I've sold like, uh, sold on Amazon probably 150, 200 copies of financial yeah. physics. He sold 10,000, no, 100,000 plus copies of his books. Why does he sell so many books? Rhetorical uh, question. What's the answer good, rhetorically? The the answer is because he's sensational, because right. you don't ever predict anything like this. You need Be, to get out there and say, here's what's gonna happen, Tom. Because Harry, his if even if he's wrong, it's exciting. It's like a haunted yeah. house or a horror movie or a wicked roller coaster. We pay money to get scared to death, and that's exactly what you're doing when you buy Harry Dent's books. Harry I admire your persistence. I can't believe you actually believe a word you say. I would be shocked because I'm thinking you're a relatively intelligent person who only cares about one thing, and that is money. That's what I'm guessing. You don't care about telling the truth because you haven't done that in a quarter of a century. Not and once. I heard him speak in person 20-plus years ago. He's very persuasive. He's charismatic, and he's very believable. At that time, by the way, it was all about the potato chip economy. Right. He was a demographer. Was he was a big Correct. demographer. That's right. That was about 2000 or 99. So, yeah, he was exciting and interesting person to listen. Doesn't mean that you're not done. Uh, you're not I'm funny. boring. I'm not funny. Right. I'm more funny because I don't try. <laughs> I'm going to leave out the person a, that came up to me at the Stacking Benjamins again Thursday and said, tell Don. You're funnier than he is. Oh, I said, no, I'm not going to do that. Thanks, guy at uh, Joe Saul Seahigh's <laughs> event. <laughs> it was a good event. I want to thank everybody who came out. Um, and so, and, and, and I've already met a few people that listen to our podcast as well. So, mm -hmm. now you, you realize that the guy was there talking to you face to face, so he pretty much felt like he had to say that. 855 935 Talk is our number. And Don are talking real money. At some point, most investors need professional financial guidance. So get a little bit of free help or a lifetime of affordable 100% fiduciary guidance at Vestory.com, V-E-S-T-O-R-Y.com. For your real life and real future, Tom and Don are talking real money. That was the story of a man named Harry who was writing lots of really awful books. Da -da 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 -da. People kept buying them, even though he's crazy. <laughs> but so they gave him a lot of strange looks. Oh, that was so, good. Okay, okay that Thank was you. that word. It rhymed. 
Yeah, I know. I'm trying, I'm right. trying here. Right. And that's saying a lot. 855-935-TALK is our phone number for your questions. You can call us right now because we've got those lines available. Yep. As my mic sinks into the sunset again, I have to adjust the tension on my mic arm. You know? Like there's not enough tension in the show already? <laughs> Come on. There's enough tension in this room. You can cut it with a knife. Uh, 855-935-TALK. Uh, but we also get a lot, a lot, a lot of questions sent in at TalkingRealMoney.com. And this is the time when we do our typed ones because I can read it and Tom can can take a swing at kind it. Kind of. Yeah, take big a swing. swing. Big swing. First of all. This is the note. I'm already reading now. This is the beginning of quotations. First of all, okay. thank you for commenting on Rice Delman, a.k.a. Rick Edelman. A.k.a. Financial Engines. I have been listening to him for years mm-hmm. and was very disappointed when his new show sounded like an unending sales pitch, which it does. Anyway, here's his question. Yeah. If the U.S. goes the way of all other previous dominant world forces, British Empire, Roman Empire, Ottoman Empire, etc., what do you believe will happen to the U.S. stock market? I understand you speak highly of VT, but philosophically, what do you believe happens? Unless I'm mistaken, which could very well be the case, the understanding that stocks from a 2,000-foot view trend upwards historically, but that is from a U.S. perspective— and is that perspective skewed by the rise of the U.S. economy since the World Wars, especially the second? Thanks. He's well, a yeah, deep it's thinker. Definitely, He's a deep yeah, thinker. Defi- definitely the U.S. has been a great market, mm-hmm. if that's what you're saying. Mm-hmm. And has the U.S. led the world economically? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. By the way, a lot of that has spilled out to other places, right? Spilled. It's leaked all over the place. Yeah. I mean, you've got capitalism just breaking out all over the place. Except so, in Russia. Um, so anyway, uh, so what you're really asking is if something really bad, if the United States melts down, what's going to happen to the stock market? You're not going to care. Mm-hmm. Are you? No. I'm not going to care. You're, I mean, there's going to be a lot of other things to worry about. That was basically the point of the Harry Dent discussion. Yeah, I mean. If, if that happens, then you're not going to care. Um, if it doesn't happen, then that's when your investments are going to come in handy in the future. And we have to be very careful because we look back at history as a uh, as a, a series of events that happened at a single point in time, which is not true. The fall of the Roman Empire, and that's the best example, it really is the best example, didn't happen on a particular day when the Goths sacked Rome. Yeah. It, it, it broke apart slowly and gradually, and yet there was a very viable economy um, – for for centuries after there was no effective Italian based Roman Empire, it had moved. I've been to there recently. The place is still there. Yeah, it's right. Still there, by the way. Um, but there was a semblance of an economy, and what really destroyed the the economy of the Middle Ages were plagues and the like. Um, it, it, but again, if you lived at, let's say, you were living in 300 A.D. during the decline of the Roman Empire. You probably didn't notice that much because it happened at a glacially slow rate. It really happened over lifetimes, not a single lifetime. So you're not going to notice that much. What we deal with is today. We deal with the situation that we have today and that we have had in the relatively recent past. 
You also have to remember that technological improvements have increased logarithmically, geometrically. That's true. Yeah, thank you, Professor McDonald, for that history lesson. Here's my, my takeaway when, when people say that is – uh, there's nothing you can do about that, right? He's more pragmatic. <laughs> no, there, there, literally, there's not. I mean, you could, in terms of markets, you could protect yourself by being globally diversified. Mm -hmm. But if the U.S. melts down and goes back to the agrarian age, guess what? The rest of the world likely to follow suit. Likely. So there's really very little you could do. And if there's a switch, like we saw from the British Empire, which was a very gradual switch to the American Empire, very gradual. Uh, then it's going to be a gradual switch from, say, the American Empire to the Chinese Empire, and you'll still have investments there. Tom and Don are talking real money. Is your portfolio a mess? You may have a case of hodgepodgeitis, but don't worry, we can help. Just set up a free, no-obligation meeting with a Vestory advisor at Vestory.com. No sales pitch, guaranteed. That's V-E-S-T-O-R-Y dot com. We're talking real money. I know you know, I know, I know you know how important money is in your life, but the stuff you don't know is, <laughs> is, is much greater than you think. You really don't, when it comes to investing, know a whole lot about it, most of you. Problem is, a lot of you think you do, or you have somebody you're dealing with who, who you believe knows more than they probably know. And let me tell you, I, I know from firsthand experience how little most of the people in the financial services industry actually know about helping you invest and manage your money. Because well, when I was in my them, 20s, I was one of them. Yeah. Most of them are salespeople. Mm -hmm. Most of them are given a product and mm -hmm. said, move this product. And most of them really haven't studied, you know, kind of how markets work long time. They just haven't done that. That hasn't been the focus. The focus has been bringing in new clients, charging those new clients, so, getting them on the track, that's all. You should probably consider going to grab your uh, your statements and you know run it by us. We'll we'll go through it and tell you the honest truth about it with you. Whether you're getting what you think you're getting and if you're getting what you need to be getting. We can do it here on the show at 855-935-TALK, or you can uh, do it with one of our advisors at Vestry for free just by going to Vestry.com. You can also send your questions in to TalkingRealMoney.com, much like Pete in Massachusetts did. Hey, Pete. Yeah. I heard a caller on one of your shows asking about recurring investing. He mentioned he didn't have, he didn't like having to log into Fidelity to buy ETFs. He, did, he wanted it done. I remember the call. He wanted it done on a regular basis. I have been using M1 for a while for a small post-tax account and was planning to cut over my 22 contributions to my Roth IRA into it. My primary reason is the auto-invest feature of the platform. Buys are done automatically, and you can have your checking account drafted for a set amount every week, bi-weekly or monthly. They don't have the fund selections of Fidelity, but they use... And they use payment for order flow. But I like the idea of just being able to set up the drafts and have it automated. What are your thoughts? You know, I love that because we know that a lot of people, they look at the current situation and think it's a bad time to buy stocks, which it's not, by the way. When the S&P 500 is down over 11%, that's a good time to buy. Or the global portfolio is down almost 7 It's a good time to buy. But you're... 
insides are telling you it's not a good time. So I love the disciplined approach. Money's going in every couple of weeks. You're getting different prices. You're buying a little lower than you were. I think that's absolutely spot on. Yeah, I'm I'm a huge fan of that. Yeah, and this is there aren't a lot of services that'll do that automatic buying, and that's one of the nice things about M1. Um, and as for the payment for order flow. For those of you who don't know what that is, that's uh, when a brokerage house takes money from traders to pass the orders through their platform. They 10% of Charles Schwab's total revenue last year was payment for order flow. It's where somebody pays them to place the orders on their platform. But here's what payment for order flow gets you as a consumer. Everything's a trade. Have you ever wondered how they can have no commissions on stock and ETF trades these days? No commissions. Used to be when I was a broker, we would buy a round lot of stock. We would buy $5,000, $6,000 worth of stock for a commission of three or $400. Yeah, that's a, gone, Don. A 5 yeah, or 6% commission on Ooh. a stock trade. Then it went down to just dollars, you know, a few dollars. Remember, we had the the nineteen dollar trades, and then the nine ninety nine trades. Made those big changes, and then yeah. the zero trades. Yep, buy all these ETFs for nothing. That's because of payment for order flow. They have to make money somewhere. Nothing, nothing is free. Which is fine. Again, I all I want around that is further disclosure. Exactly how much, what the d difference between the bid and the ask is. Get just this, let's be transparent about these things. And by the way, that you mentioned uh, Schwab gets ten percent of its revenue. Robinhood gets like half or more of their revenue from order flow. Uh, so it's it is a big deal, and it's something that is getting more scrutiny from regulatory bodies for sure. Yeah, I don't know what percentage it's i think it's pretty high remember the number they came out with in the middle of the whole meme stock thing was incredible oh all the money holy cow in. uh schwab gets 10 percent of its revenue from yeah. payment for order flow mm -hmm. robin hood gets 80 80 percent yeah, a big number. of their revenue Crazy. Yeah. Wow, 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 wow. And it's basically what it is. It's the market makers, the people who are, are moving the stock in and out of their own portfolios that are, are paying these guys to execute trades. 855-935-TALK. Give us a call. Tom and Don are talking real money. A second opinion could save your life either physically or fiscally. Let one of our Vestry advisors help you save your future at Vestory.com, V-E-S-T-O-R-Y.com. Your guides to a really great financial future. Tom and Don are talking real money. Hey, welcome back to our little get-together we call a talk show, and then later we're going to call a podcast. It's an all-purpose program for everybody anywhere, particularly, though, for Americans because we're dealing with the American financial system. But it's funny. We get notes from people in England saying, hey, it's still kind of applicable, and boy, what we wouldn't do for uh, expense ratios under half a percent. Apparently, they yeah. pay a lot more over there for their investments than we do. And they also mentioned a little more commentary about the English Premier League, but I'll let that no, one No, 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 we're talking money. Oh, okay. If you want a soccer show, go start your own darn soccer <laughs> podcast. <laughs> okay. With your All 12 right. listeners. 855-935-TALK is our phone uh, number. The challenge has been laid. Okay. Good. I want to see you do this. <laughs> I want to see you create your own podcast. I, I wanna, I'll want i laugh all the way to the bank. Yes, you will. To, to cash my check when I win the bet. 
Uh, let's see. Oh, Barbara's here. Hi, Barbara. Welcome to Talking Real Money. Good afternoon, gentlemen. I am calling you about uh, questions about a Viba account um, and also just a bond certificate. Second question. But are you familiar with Viba accounts? It sounds like something the insurance industry made up. It's it's um it has something to do with it's a health it's a health um it's a it's voluntary a health... employees beneficiary association. It's designed uh, to help well, employees with the cost of medical care. Correct? Is that yeah. the one you're talking yeah. about? Yeah. 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 Yes. It's funded and, by an employer. Yep. Right. Um, uh, there are a few companies that offer them, but not very many. Well, I have one, and that's why I'm okay. calling you. And um, this is something that, um, that well, anyway, I ended up with one, um, as mm-hmm. opposed to just funds for an account of my own personal desires. But what I have is um, a Viba um, Metropolitan West Total Return Bond and mm-hmm. Vanguard Institutional Index, S&P 500. I know that you're familiar with, you know, probably both of those just from listening to your program each week. But my question is, with everything that's happening right now, I'm wondering, um, I'm, I'm, I'm looking at rebalancing. Right now I'm 80-20 um, stocks over bonds. In the VIBA. In the VIBA, correct. Okay. How much money's in your VIBA? My balance, um, as of the most recent statement that I received, is 6562 Okay, because here's my concern, is that Aviva is designed to be used to supplement the costs of medical care, correct? Correct. Similar to an HSA. Similar to an HSA, yeah. Tom. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. So it should be managed relatively conservatively. In other words, 80% in stocks, 20% in bonds. If you're never going to touch the money while you're actually working, and I believe this could probably like an HSA could be rolled over to a retirement type account when you retire, then I'm okay with that. But if you needed the money along the way, you wouldn't want to have something so stock heavy because as we're learning right now, stocks do actually go down from time to time. And if you need the money, your balance could decrease substantially. Correct. Correct. I, I actually, it, let's see, I think I've had this for about five years now. And, um, and I, I do understand that the money that I have um, really can only basically be used for um, additional um, health expenses that I might have, and I am retired um, and have been for five years. So um, I'm, and and I. Didn't so you're not adding new money then to the VBA either, correct? No, no. It's a health reimbursement. Okay, so if you're retired, I'm trying. To- I'm trying to understand why the money's still there. In other words, generally, when people leave their jobs, that money goes with them, goes, as I said, into a retirement account, and then can be used to fund their I retirement. I don't believe that VIBAs have that conversion okay, so fact feature. Okay, so th- so you're sort of stuck with it for a long... That seems odd, too. No, 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 you've but- got, you got the money, but it has to be used for medical. It has okay. to be used for medical. It's tax-free if used for medical. Okay, so if your question is, should you rebalance, the answer is yes, uh, you also sort of had a preface about with the situation we're in today, 
We're going to put a line through that because we don't know what the situation is going to be tomorrow. So it, it, none of that is relevant to us. What's relevant to us, frankly, Barbara, is how soon until you need the money. And if you're okay seeing the volatility, you're going to get with a portfolio that's 80-20. That's and the it. second part of Tom's answer is really the most important part of Tom's answer. And that is, how would you feel if this VBA was worth $3,300 by the end of the year? Well, I like it where it is right now. <laughs> right, but because there is a distinct possibility. It's not mm-hmm. a, def- a definite possibility, but it's happened before that mm-hmm. at your your portfolio balance, you could lose 40, 45% of that money over a period of time. And that's when people do things like, well, then I'm getting totally out of the stock portion of it. I'm going to put yep. it all in bonds. And then well, you turn your... That's what I'm wondering. What sh- I'm, I'm wondering if I shouldn't re reallocate or, or rebalance more and more to bonds. I think I think you should move it. You should be. It should have been moved more to bonds from the get go. And I think that uh, it, yeah, that I don't know what the right amount is, but it's it's whatever. If you can't afford to lose it, if you can't stand to watch it go down, you've got to be more conservative. And what we we realize being more conservative means the potential for making less money. But we cannot time the market. We don't know enough. Right. Well, and here's another issue: if um, if I do reallocate, like right now, I'm in eighty stock and twenty bond. Do I want to go drastic? Drastic? Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, into bonds I think, like eighty twenty. I think you do. I think you do. And I don't know what the right number is. I don't know what the right number yeah, is. Yeah, I'm not a fan of that bond fund. But that's, but that's okay. Whatever. That's okay. It's what's offered. How about how about fifty fifty? Yeah, at least that. Let's let's just decrease our stock exposure a little bit. Is this a great? I guess what I'm hearing is, is this a great time to sell stocks and buy bonds? Maybe, maybe not. Nobody knows know. the answer to that. But in your situation, already retired with the likelihood that you will be pulling this money out over time to pay for medical expenses, I think having no more than half of it exposed to stocks and half in bonds probably makes more sense than an 80-20 portfolio. Yeah, that's really what we're saying. We don't know what the right number is, and we definitely, we never know the right time. We have never claimed to know the right time, and you will, I, I, I guarantee you never will hear us, no matter how famous it might make us, no matter how much like Harry Dent we might become. Ah, we're okay. never going to, If I don't care if it'll sell millions of copies of financial physics, I am never going to tell you I predict the future, because I don't. Thanks for your call. 855-935-TALK is our phone number. 855-935-8255. Oh, I, this is, what? What if do you got? Worried, well, if you're worried about your stock prices, bond, all that stuff, your yeah. portfolio going down, there is some good news out there. Some really good news. Really? I forgot to mention this. Yeah. Merrill Lynch is lowering its uh, management fee to 1.75% a year. So it's it's gone. Well, it's I mean, okay, that's a step it was in the two right and a direction. Quarter, and I think, and they moved it to two. That's a step in the right 75. direction. It's lower than oh. the two plus that Ameriprise yeah. charges, which is lower crazy. than the three that Ameri- fees are coming down. Ameriprise yeah, okay. went to three to two and something. If you're paying that much, you are way 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 overpaying. Well, but before you were way 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 overpaying. So that's good. It's all it's all relative. Are talking real money.
Is your portfolio a mess? You may have a case of hodgepodgeitis, but don't worry, we can help. Just set up a free, no obligation meeting with a Vestory advisor at Vestory.com. No sales pitch guaranteed. That's V E S T O R Y.com. For your real life and real future, Tom and Don are talking real money. Yeah, I just heard something during the traffic report, and you guys on the podcast, well, it it really, this applies to everybody. I didn't realize that maybe we could just ask everybody, when you're out driving, just simmer down. Just simmer down. Simmer down your driving. Hey, uh, if you want some help with the big stuff, you're like uh, thinking, maybe it's time I had a plan. Maybe it's time I understood what my risk tolerance is. Maybe I need to know what my needs might be in retirement, how much income I might need. Maybe my portfolio is a disaster. After all, I wish someone would tell me the truth. Well, we will. We will. One of our advisors at Vestry by Appella will do that. And the good news is, I promise you, they'll do it for nothing. And there's no obligation. And there's no high-pressure sales pitch, period. I guarantee it. Just go to Vestory.com, V-E-S-T-O-R-Y.com, and set up an appointment, Vestory.com. We hope you realize that the information provided on Talking Real Money is for informational, educational, and hopefully enjoyable purposes only. Providing personalized financial planning or investing advice takes time, so please consult with a really good fee-only fiduciary investment, tax, or legal advisor. We know a good one. Investing must always involve risk. In other words, you can and probably will lose money at times. Also, as much as you want it, no one can accurately and consistently predict the future, so past performance doesn't tell you a darn thing about what the future will bring. Unlike many other programs that say something similar, Talking Real Money is not trying to get you to buy or sell any financial products or securities. Instead, the program is provided as a public service by Appella Capital, a fee-only registered investment advisor. Thanks for listening and please visit TalkingRealMoney.com for more information and disclosures. Are we done now?